0: Did you know that indecision is costing you money? When employees get stuck in indecision loops, it can impact their work, the work of others, commitments to clients, and ultimately your bottom line. Give your employees access to coaching when they need to stop indecision loops and keep your business moving forward. Visit grandheroninternational.ca slash podcast to learn about the grand heron plus program for corporations
1: this podcast is part of the c-suite radio
0: network turning the volume up on business
1: welcome to the keep leading podcast a podcast dedicated to promoting leadership development and sharing leadership insights. Here's your host, the Leadership Accelerator, Eddie Turner.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Keep Leading podcast, the podcast dedicated to leadership development and insights. I'm your host, Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator. I work with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact through the power of executive coaching, masterful facilitation, and motivational speaking. Today, I wanna talk about values and specifically values in organizations. We see them on mission statements and company placards, but what do they really mean? And how can we improve in executing and living company values? Well, we're gonna talk about the value of values with educator and consultant, Dr. David Cohen. Dr. David Cohen is recognized as a global thought leader on the people side of business. He has presented and consulted on five continents, working with corporate leaders and employees to improve people practices, enabling productivity, and business success. Among other things, he's the author of two books and numerous articles in professional journals. He's a fellow member of Marshall Goldsmith's 100 Coaches, and most recently was selected as one of the world's top 30 organizational culture professionals for 2021. Here with me today, to talk about the value of values is Dr. David Cohen. David, welcome to the program.
2: Thank you. Pleasure to be
0: here. Tell me what I missed.
2: I don't think you missed anything, really. It's uh, You covered it all. The only thing you missed is I have five grandchildren who I spend a lot of, wish I could spend a lot of time with, but pandemic prevents that.
0: All right. Well, when you talk about five grandchildren, I suspect that there's some value behind values dealing with them.
2: Oh, there is. That's something that I've been working on. And in the Jewish tradition, there's a thing called an ethical will, where you pass on to your children and grandchildren a, the belief system you hold that you hope they understand it and can be a legacy to make you proud. So I've been working on one for a long time.
0: Wonderful. How do we do that in companies?
2: That's a great idea. I've been thinking about doing that. The more i gotten into this, the more I think about what is the ethical will? Because one of the things that I talk to leaders about, is, especially the HR leaders, they say, don't talk to your CEO or your executive team about values and vision because they're just going to think that that's your job as HR. You know, that's the bunny hugging, tree kissing stuff. Talk to them. There's a lynch word that gets them too excited about the concept. So the back door into this is to talk about your legacy. What do you hope is your legacy? What do you hope to hear? You're retired. You're on vacation in Europe. And you hear on the table next to you a young person who is going back to work after the vacation's over and really excited to join what was your organization for all the reasons you hoped that they would join it. And you get really excited. What is your legacy going to be? Why is your legacy? What are the behaviors that created that legacy? And where did that come from? And in essence, it comes from your belief system, your values. So that's how I get into it.
0: All right. Well, what are
2: values? Values, by my definition, are four things. Strongly held beliefs, emotionally charged, resistant to change, universally applied. Meaning that it doesn't matter whether you're the intern who just started as a college co-op or whether you're the CEO. The values are the same for everybody in the organization, universally applied. And those values make it a psychologically safe place to work because the values are the norms of behavior that are accepted over time to differentiate right from wrong. So one of the things which I always find sad and humorous at the same time is when I hear about people coming in to change corporate culture. And culture doesn't change if the foundation for culture is the the values. It's really hard to change our values. And if we can't change our values, then how can you change corporate culture?
0: Why is it hard to change values?
2: Because it's our belief system that's strongly held, emotionally charged, resists change. That's the definition to me of a value. As a result of that, we have built up those values over time. We have learned that this is our belief system because... This is what either our parents taught us or something happened in adolescence. It gets reinforced through college or university. And by the time we hit young adulthood, we have a pretty set belief system that's not going to change unless there's a significant emotional event in our life, such as having a child, you know, losing a loved one, or even this pandemic could cause somebody to change their perspective. That, to me, is probably the only incidents that are going to cause people to... Not without even realizing it perhaps, to change what they they find is important, what they cherish, what they find, how they treat people is acceptable or unacceptable.
0: Well, every company is trying to establish values and rally people around a common set of core values. But since they're so deeply personal, as you mentioned, how do you do that when everyone has a different sense of what's right or wrong or what's important?
2: Well, that's a great question. First of all, I always find it interesting that we want to find out what our values are. Whether you have a defined set of values or not, you have a set of values. You have a corporate culture that exists. You might not be have taken the time to define it, but believe me, your employees know exactly what it is. And when they you know, to me, what's people often ask me, what's a success, you know, what's a successful culture? What's it look like? I said, are your people staying with you? Are they engaged? Are they, you know, your retention numbers are high and your profit, your bottom line cash flow is really strong. You have a successful culture. But you're right. There's different people have different value sets. So in order to, have a, to me to have a successful employee experience, you have to know what the behaviors are that define your values. So, for instance, you know, to say that we value trust. Well, what does trust mean? What are the behaviors that define trust? And once you identify that, you can identify what makes your definition of trust different from the definition of trust at the person across the street. Because no two organizations have exactly the same culture. We've all heard of the person who gets stolen away by the competition and within a week or two is coming back, asking for their job back, because they found out the grass isn't greener on the other side and they don't like working there. It's the same company basically doing the same thing, the same products, same industry. The only difference was the way one organization behaves internally versus the others. And what the person finds out is the other organization has a different set of internal behaviors, has a different belief system, has a different way they treat their customers, they treat their employees, management makes decisions, they're unhappy with it, they realize they were happy at the other one, and they go back. So no two organizations have exactly the same. So how do you do this? The first thing is you have to identify what your values are. Unfortunately, most organizations, in my opinion, identify aspirational values. Such as? Such as, well, any of them, any values. I mean, I'm working with a company right now, that should go nameless, that the CEO claimed they didn't have to live the values because they're aspirational, all right? And one of them, let's say, was caring. And they made a decision on, this, on the executive team where... He allowed one of his direct reports to do things which didn't didn't demonstrate the behaviors of caring to her people. And people got really upset because it felt like that this woman had special privilege. She was getting away with things, et cetera, et cetera. And when I confronted him on it, he said, well, the the values are aspirational. We're moving towards them. And I said, once you publish them, people will expect that they're going to be lived. Indeed. They no longer are aspirational. He unfortunately didn't agree with that, and I don't work there anymore. But the fact is, is that the values, the way I go about defining them, are from what I call the corporate legends within the organization. What are the stories that exemplify people having lived their values?
0: It sounds as if this client was using the, idea that they're aspirational as an excuse for inaction
2: yes no for as an excuse for yeah for inaction i'm not following them you know as he said since we and then he went into this whole thing we well we live some of the values some of the time and other values other times and i said no the concept of values are all of equal importance you mentioned the word that to me is like you know rubbing chalk inappropriately on a chalkboard in the old days showing my age. And the reality is, is there's no such thing as core values. And it's a philosophical thing, I know. But core values indicate there might be a backup set of values. Like I got my core indicators here, and then I got my surrounding indicators there. No, we have a set of values. And reality is, we all think we have values but they turn out to be beliefs if they're challenged and we give them up. What we don't give up, we don't compromise on our values.
0: Well, that's a really good definition. Difference between a belief and a value. We will change our beliefs, but we will not compromise
2: on our values. I like right. that definition. And one of, to me, one of the best examples of that in the corporate world was, you know, what Howard Schultz did at Starbucks, when he gave out same-sex insurance to his employees, part-time and full-time, and he got challenged at the next board meeting by a gentleman saying, how could he do this? And how could he do, you know, what could he do? And, you know, it goes on and on. And Schultz looks at him and says, respectfully, if you don't like the way we're, what we're doing since, you know, in the last year, our our share price has gone up 37%. If you don't like it, Please take your money and go somewhere else, because he would not give in to this myth that shareholders have a hold over leadership of the company. He will do the right thing no matter what, which, you know, there was an interview that uh, what's his, I forgot his name, the Canadian, Mr. Wonderful on uh, Dragons Den. You know, he he accused Starbucks of worrying more about employees than worrying about the bottom line, that the corporate purpose is to create wealth for shareholders. That's not the purpose. That's a byproduct of doing business correctly. And once you do business correctly, then you've got the right set of values, you've got the right behaviors, and you're successful. So is that Um, the value of values? The value of values is, yeah, you will make the right decision in difficult times. And the value of values, as you said, a psychologically safe environment. The problem is that there's usually in organizations two sets of values. There's overt and covert values. The overt values are the ones on the boardroom wall or your website, which every time an employee looks at it, they kind of scoff at it and become cynical because nobody in leadership ever lives them. And probably most of the employees don't. And then there's a covert set of values. The covert set of values are what you don't learn at orientation or onboarding. They learn just before you make a mistake. And somebody who likes you tells you, we don't do it that way around here or that that's not how you approach senior leaders. Now, you know, the, the values might indicate that it's an open environment where there's freedom of communication, but in reality, everybody's got the old carbon copy in their desk, proving that, you know, they had 12 approvals of it before they went ahead and did it. So, to me, there's, there's two sets of values. When the overt and covert values are one and the same, you have a healthy organization. You have an organization that believes in itself, makes the right decisions, regardless of what's going on around them.
0: Should organizations, if they're going to live values, hire for values?
2: Yes. See that now, this is a big debate because there's a lot of people who say that if I hire for values, I'm perpetuating the old boy school, I'm perpetuating. And I'm glad you brought that up because there's this concept that we hire like ourselves which in some cases, unfortunately, is true. You are in the southern U.S., I'm in Canada, I, you got somebody in Asia, you got somebody in India, you got somebody in, in Saudi Arabia. We can all have a very similar belief system within a, I call it the curbstones. It's like a four-lane highway. So there's, there's a belief system, and we all have a common understanding. We can all join that same company And we can all come at things with our own background, our own perspective, our own diversity. But yet, we will treat each other the way each other wants to be treated. Values, therefore, when you hire for values, you hire people who will make the right decision in difficult times, will do the right thing when nobody's watching them. So it's not, hiring for values is, has got a bad reputation where people have mistakenly, in my opinion, said, well, no. If you hire for value, everybody is the same. I worked in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia with the Islamic Development Corporation. I worked with the University of Notre Dame with senior leadership on performance management and values. I'm not Roman Catholic and I'm not Muslim, but I enjoy those two organizations in particular because there was a similarity in belief systems there was a similarity in outlook on making the world a better place i mean university of notre dame is very focused on that uh, university of notre dame would not compromise athletic teams the president of the university with a great deal of pride said to me you know, none of our teams have ever missed more than one day of class to go to a bowl game you know education comes first that's a values-based organization that is very focused on, yeah, winning football is really important, but it's not the purpose of the school. The purpose of the school is to give a solid education, uh, a religious-based education to our students who choose to go here. The Islamic Development Bank has representation from, I think it is, 72 different Muslim countries. People from all over the world work there but they have a purpose, which is rooted in a set of values, which says we are giving funding to improve healthcare, improve infrastructure, improve schools. There's a purpose to it. So it doesn't really matter where you're coming from in the world. If you have a similar set of values, you can now have people from diverse backgrounds, economic systems, geographic systems, that all have the same, a similar belief system and get along very well and create the kind of ideas that were never created before.
0: Excellent. Well, we're talking about the value of values with Dr. David Cohen. I'm enjoying this discussion, and we will continue to learn more from Dr. David Cohen right after this.
1: This podcast is sponsored by Eddie Turner, LLC. Organizations who need to accelerate the development of their leaders call Eddie Turner, the leadership accelerator. Eddie works with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact. Call Eddie Turner to help your leaders one-on-one as their coach, or to inspire them as a group through the power of facilitation or a keynote address. Visit eddieturnerllc.com to learn more. This is Manbir Kaur, executive and leadership coach and author. And you are listening to the Keep Leading Podcast with Eddie Turner.
0: We're back. I'm talking to Dr. David Cohen. Dr. David Cohen is an educator and a consultant. He's also one of the world's top 30 organizational culture professionals for 2021 as ranked by global gurus. Now, David, you were explaining to us before the break The difference between values and beliefs. And I loved your definition that, you know, beliefs can change, but our values, we're going to hold on to those. And we talked about why that matters for organizations. But you also mentioned culture. And many of us who've worked in the talent development space or organizational development space, we hear the phrase, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Is that
1: true?
2: Yes, it is. But Peter Drucker says it never, he never said it. (laughs) So we don't really know who said it. And what is confusing to me is when organizations and consultants talk about changing their culture. And when you analyze it, they're changing their strategy. And so I challenge anybody to say you're changing the culture if you're not changing the values. A change of strategy is going to be more successful if you celebrate your values, celebrate your culture, get people excited and understanding what it means to move forward. And that's why I often call the work I do a back to the future exercise. You know, we've we strayed from what made us great. New CEOs have come in, they tried to put their stamp on it. And there's always those employees that have been there a while who say in the old days it was good because they were more successful. People did get along better. So often it's simply about finding about your roots and finding out where you're from and what made you great, and then celebrating that. You know, culture is stronger than va- because of the value system, as I said, evolve, they don't change. Values evolve slowly. So if we can celebrate our values, we will make strategy stronger. If we use our strategy, change in strategy to say there's a change in culture, I think you confuse the inmates and they get very, there's a psychological safety that you're pulling out from underneath them.
0: Well, you share with us some of the biggest mistakes you see companies making earlier in terms of number one, having these and not living them and calling them aspirational. But who's getting it right in this space?
2: One, there's a lot of people who are getting it right in this space. I mean, to name a few, there's a company I work with in. Fort Lauderdale, Florida called Heiko Aerospace. And they make all decisions based on their value set. They don't call them values, they call them factors for success, because at the time the CEO didn't want to call them values. So they're factors for success. For instance, they have a certain way they treat people in that values. And when they bought a, and they've grown exponentially because of uh, purchasing growth and when they bought a firm, for instance, in Arizona, a right to work state, they could have fired everybody, but that's not the way they treat people. That's not their policy. And when they sat everybody down, it was a small firm, and they sat the 40 people down to let them go. They also told them that they would get one week salary for every year they worked there. Some people worked there 20 something years. And these people basically started to cry. They were a state of shock. They all wanted to come work for the company. They couldn't, they'd have to move locations, but and they were not going to pay for anybody to move. So values, you know that when something happens, you'll do the right thing. I'll give you another example. One of my favorite examples of a corporate legend, which means living your values, is when Michelin tires in the 1980s, when there was a, a global recession, depression actually, and cars weren't being made, therefore they don't have to make new tires, and they closed down three plants in Canada. And that was for almost two years. And for every two weeks, every employee got their paycheck. Nobody missed it. They didn't lay anybody off or anything else. However, here's the advantage to it. Not only did they live their values, they also were the first ones making tires. And therefore they sold more tires and made up the difference. It was a strategic move based on their values. Another move that happened at Michelin is a young employee who, was working there a very short period of time, hourly employee, had a very sick child, had to be flown to Toronto for the hospital for children here. And Michelin, to tell the story in short order, basically paid for him to go with his family, which isn't covered by provincial insurance. And they also paid for his hotel and some of his food while he was here, because the honorarium the province gives him basically didn't even pay for parking in Toronto. And when he got upset and said i can't go because i've only worked here for 10 months you know and i got to pay my bills etc cetera, etc cetera, the general manager of the manufacturing said to him no your job assignments to be with your kids your wife and child until further notice now uh, fast forward some 35 years and one of the senior people at the corporate head office had a wife who was severely ill needed to be treated for in philadelphia and they paid for him they didn't stop paying his salary he was supposed to be in france every four or five weeks he didn't go to france he didn't even go in the office for almost a year you know he did everything on telephone long before the pandemic and so they treated him as a, you know a chlo the same way they treated their hourly employee three 30 years before that so, you know, that to me is when organizations live their values. Starbucks lives their values. There's a lot of organizations out there that actually do a pretty good job with this. It's not, you know, it's not storybook, it's real. And as a result of that, they have people that, you know, Home Depot has regained its value set, it lost it under Nordelli, And when Nordelli left with a nice payout of $260 million, the replacement CEO went to the founders and said, what made this organization so great? Why did people bleed orange? You know, what do I do to bring it back to the way it was? And it all had to do with the treatment of people. And it didn't have to do with a change in strategy because some of Nardelli's strategies were really good. So that's why I'm saying that strategy is great. But first you have to define your values. Then you define your vision And what is that future state you hope to achieve but never probably will? It's that North Star, I call it, the golden ring on the merry-go-round. You're always after it. You're always focused on it. And then you put your strategy together because the test of the correctness of your strategy is it will move you towards your vision and treat your people according to the values. And one of the hospitals I work at, Mass General Hospital, is over 200 years old and they are a values-based organization that will treat their people the same way, make similar decisions that were made 200 years ago when it was founded. It's about people first and care first. So it's very interesting. There are a lot of hospitals today that are worried about money first, not care, unfortunately. And so to me, that's when organizations make a difference. The other thing I want to say just before to really cause people to think, I hope, is integrity is not a value. Everybody argues that integrity is a value. When you try to define integrity, you start defining your other values, caring about people, respect, doing what we say we're going to do, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the organizations I work with was the Calgary Police Service, which had a G8 meeting and only four arrests and no property damage because they lived their values. And the chief of police, Christine Silverberg, actually was, we're discussing this, sort of came up with what I consider a brilliant idea. She said the Calgary Police Service will have integrity when we live our values. And so I, I think that integrity is an outcome of living your values. It's not a value unto itself.
0: Very nice. Thank you, David. And David, you've written a couple of books. Can you tell us if we're listening to this conversation and we want to learn more about your work, tell us both books, what they're called, but which one should we pick up first?
2: Well, if it's a subject of leadership values, corporate legends, it's, the, it's inside the box. It's called Inside the Box for two reasons. One, I don't believe your values can go outside. You can't get creative with your values and do things that are not aligned to your values. Plus the fact that My family, my grandfather, my father were both in the box business, and there's stories in the beginning and the end of the book about how they live their values and put their values first. So it's called Inside the Box. It's available only now as an e-reader, and the best place to get it is download it directly from the publisher, Wiley, as an e-reader. The other one is called The Talent Edge, and it's about how to write behavioral competencies and do structured behavioral interviewing so you can hire successfully to fit the culture of the organization. Also by Wiley and also downloadable at Wiley or, well, they're downloadable any place, but I think people find them more accessible at at Wiley or they can go to my website, which is sagltd.com. And I have numerous articles there or at my LinkedIn site Numerous articles on culture, values, leadership, et cetera.
0: Excellent. Well, we're going to drop a link to your website and to your LinkedIn profile in the show notes so people can connect with you and follow your work. That'd be
2: great. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for spending time with me today talking about the value of values so we can keep leading. All right, everyone. Well, that concludes this episode. This is Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator, reminding you that leadership is not about our position or our title. Leadership is an activity. Leadership is action. It's not the case of once a leader, always a leader. It's not a garment we put on and take off. We must be a leader at our core and allow it to emanate in all we do. So whatever you're doing, always keep leading.
1: Thank you for listening to your host, Eddie Turner, on the Keep Leading podcast. Please remember to subscribe to the Keep Leading podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen. For more information about Eddie Turner's work, please visit eddieturnerllc.com. Thank you for listening to
0: C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.